0: Hi, uh, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Review podcast, recorded Friday, March the 3rd. On this week's edition, we're going to talk all about what happened at the Arkansas legislature this week, uh, which was mainly Arkansas Learns uh, heading toward passage, more or less. I'm joined by Editorial Director Austin Bailey.
1: Hello.
0: So uh, I watched much of the the testimony uh about arkansas learns but i think you watched i don't know 95 percent of it mm-hmm. so so tell me what you heard
1: okay so uh yeah uh tuesday was a big day at the arkansas capitol this week's been a big week as as uh, just to catch everyone up to speed uh the governor introduced her signature Arkansas Learns, uh, education, complete reworking of our education system. Gosh, I guess it was not this Monday, but the Monday before, and it, it zoomed through the Senate and was on to the house. And there, there, there have been two opportunities for Arkansans to weigh in. One was last week, um, in the, in the Senate. And, uh, then this week was really the, the last chance. So, um, more than nine, I think it was 96 Arkansans showed up from across the state Tuesday morning. I, I got a phone call, um, I guess about a little after eight, uh, telling me, hey, the hearing starts at nine, but you, you need to hurry because seats are filling up. Um, the governor had uh, apparently had her staff kind of uh, blocking the first two aisles, had to reserve um, for their folks
0: so um, just to interject that was a bad decision because they were there all day and they looked incredibly disengaged mm. I mean if you knew who those people were sure, I, sure. Um,
1: I mean I don't think any of us were really looking our best by the end of that marathon session uh, yeah, so, like I said 96 people signed up the first the morning hour really went to um, legislators asking questions Um, there was some bipartisan concern expressed about the bill how it was rushing through people had questions uh, nobody had time to get their questions answered and get back to their constituents Um, the there was a trio of fellows uh jacob oliva the education secretary answered questions along with representative keith brooks who is the sponsor in the house and Robert Breck, who is a money guy from the Department of Finance and Administration, um, just to kind of it's sold it. This is great. Kids uh, uh, Kids will do 75 hours of community service as part of the graduation requirement. That one was pretty funny. I remember that one because Keith Brooks said, hey, you can rake leaves. You can answer phones in the high school office. You can volunteer with a local small business. Um so i they didn't I don't know that he really sold it, but um <clears throat> you know they 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 really uh tried to kind of fend off concerns uh from the parade of dozens and dozens of educators, superintendents teachers um who came in and and said you know this could be the end of our rural schools so it was, it was a pretty bleak day
0: well, and the pretty constant refrain whenever they were caught in, in someone pointed out a, a piece of the legislation that didn't quite make sense or would have unintended consequences they said oh we'll fix it in the rule making process
1: yeah there were a few um, there were a few tricks that um that was a main one. Oh, oh, all that stuff we'll figure out later in the rulemaking process. Well, I think that, you know, you know, some lawmakers pointed out, well, we are the ones making the law. Let's, let's figure it out now. Um, sometimes uh, if they didn't have an answer for something, they'd say, oh, that's a, that's a local control issue. Districts can decide. Um, uh, that was, uh, there were some, there's some concern about how schools that are uh, with DRF scores um, can contract with a charter school company to come in and take over Um, and it's kind of a coercion because if they don't do that the state will take over anyway Um, so you know uh, people were concerned about you know how does this work and um, Oliva said, "Oh, that's it's a local control issue. Like you can decide to contract with a charter company or not. Of course, like if you decide not to, then the state will take you over anyway. Um, but you know, local control was kind of a big thing that was touted as as part of this. Um, so, uh, the overall, you know, concerns, the heartfelt concerns from educators that." children who need extra help children who don't have the resources to pay the extra sure they can get a voucher but they might not have the resources to pay the extra for tuition or they might not have a ride to the school or just um you know don't have the engaged family that to make the effort to 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 do the school choice thing um will be left behind um a lot of Frustration expressed that, you know, we're really kind of kicking our teachers in the face, insulting them, um, you know, not respecting their professionalism. Um, you know, it, it really um, it, it didn't move the needle.
0: Well, and you, you saw the testimony overwhelmingly teachers and administrators testifying against the bill. And a handful of teachers testified for it. For it, most notably the uh, 2022 Arkansas Teacher of the Year, who praised the pre-K component of the bill, but when uh, State Representative Denise Garner asked if she knew that there wasn't any money attached to the expansion of pre-K, uh, the Teacher of the Year said that, uh, you know, there were a lot of words in the bill and she hadn't actually read it all. So, but there's a lot of incredibly... Te- Uh, incredibly compelling testimony from public education officials superintendents especially you know who've been especially who've been really demonized by uh, lawmakers bart hester said superintendents were his enemy at one point uh someone else said that superintendents were hoarding all the money and not giving it to teachers but just getting into the weeds of the policy this is This is really not going to work for for many small districts, small rural districts and there 's a lot of suggestion that that 's on purpose that this is a uh, consolidation by another name effort uh, but the the bill is so far reaching that the implications we can speculate about, and there 's been a lot of very informed speculation but we just, we can't know. There's just, there's too much going on with it. Uh, but it's, it, it, it seems like it's going to be very, very bad.
1: It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem great. Uh, you know, one thing that, that I I do think is pretty tough to watch, and maybe it's because I'm married to a teacher and my mom's a teacher, but, um, you know, watching, um, you know, our elected officials really go after teachers. Um, this, you know, in the last couple of days, um, a couple of the governor's staff have been on social media celebrating that teachers are saying, you know what, forget it. Um, I'm looking for a different job. This is not workable. Um, and, you know, the, you know, members of the governor's staff have swooped in to say, you know, go on out of here. And it's, um you know it's 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 really surprising to me um but you know uh, i guess it honesty is useful um but i i think that um you know insulting professional educators who take care of our kids and and you know are at the front line and dealing with hunger and poverty and the things that um our government really drops the ball on repeatedly attacking the people that deal with it every day seems pretty cruel.
0: Well, there's almost certainly going to be a legal challenge on this, uh, whether it's successful, who knows? Like, like much of the legislation that's, that's getting passed out, there are, there are some potential legal problems. So we'll, we'll watch that. Well, let's move on and and talk about uh, some of the, other happenings in the legislature this week uh, maybe the the most high profile bill that was under consideration this week was one that would would more or less criminalize being trans in Arkansas. It would uh, create a, a misdemeanor offense for a person using uh, for a, if a trans person used the bathroom that that matched their gender identity so if, if you are a, a trans man and you use the uh, men's bathroom and there's anyone under 18 in the bathroom, you are guilty of a misdemeanor. So uh, this bill's crazy. it would be the, the most extreme bathroom bathroom ban bill in the country and just the the practical side of it as uh senator clark tucker outlined extensively uh, it just doesn't make any sense i mean what we're going to have prosecutors trying to figure out what the genitals of a person were when they were born in this Um, and you know as a, a number of people pointed out and tucker may have been on this as well there are a lot of people who look kind of androgynous or, you know, men with long hair who look kind of like women or, you know, I mean, it's just, who knows? And so you're, if you set this up, you're going you're gonna to have so much harassment.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's obviously another one of those solutions without a problem. And, and it's been said but we'll just say it again it's it's interesting to watch legislators really attack um these pretend problems and ignore the problems that are very real
0: right and so a, a, another high profile so that bill is will almost certainly pass it was up for debate in the senate and uh, uh in addition to making the the kind of moral and legal argument against it tucker pointed out that it was just shoddily written and was was missing language and uh the, the promise to amend it in the house was rejected by the senate so will go back to committee and that'll delay it a little while i'd say the chances of it passing are very high um, but uh, uh, another kind of high profile bill that's headed to the governor now would eliminate the requirement that businesses who want to hire children under the age of 16 get a very basic work permit uh, doesn't take any time at all to do this, and it provides a paper trail uh, to, to help prevent, you know, exploitation of child laborers. And all of the rhetoric surrounding that was we got to get the government out of our business. We don't, we, we need less government here. But, you know, unless it's some um, cultural or moral issue.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating that we don't want the government to protect our kids from, you know, toiling the night away, cleaning up guts from a, you know, chicken plant floor. But we do want them to, you know, police the bathrooms.
0: The, though that's – that is not allowed by law right now. But, th- but this, this would provide – I mean, kids are exploited. They're made to do illegal things, and this is just one layer of protection of that – uh, that the that debate did yield by far the best thing that's happened in this legislative session and that was Terry your I. so in in the debate over over this there was endless bloviating from old white senators who talked about their experience as youth workers on the farm or in the family business and uh, gary stubblefield talked about milking cows and cutting hay and how everyone who grew up around him did the same, and they're now all super successful, and then said that uh, that John Adams was ambassador to Britain at age 13, <laughs> just completely made up. Uh, Clint Penzo, the sponsor of it, said he had nine jobs at one time as a teenager. Uh, but the best thing was when Terry Rice, who blamed uh, kids uh being wastrels and playing video games and vagrancy and crime on kids not working uh, and then suggested that you know if if child existing child labor protections needed to be tweaked then we should tweak them but instead of saying tweak he said uh let's twerk them he said
1: if we need to twerk it we'll
0: twerk it so we we cut that uh, out and it's on social media if you haven't seen it and if you are uh, if you're good at at making music or using samples we really really need some some uh, sampled music to the, the Arkansas, tour kit. <laughs> Arkansas tour kit. Uh another bill that we should mention uh, that's just just nuts that was approved in the Senate uh, I think it has to go to the House now it would pave the way for the creation of a monument to the unborn uh, now that that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Arkansas, of course, had a trigger law, so it's abortion is illegal except to save the life of a mother. Uh, Conservative legislators who spent years dreaming up ways to curtail that that basic right now uh, want to put up statues. Uh, And this was another one where poor Clark Tucker stood up and said, uh, look, you know, the the Capitol is a place that we honor things that all our Kansans believe in, our veterans and civil rights heroes like the Little Arachnon. It's not a place that we, you know, put up a contentious issue, though we do have the Ten Commandments, uh, which is contentious. Mm-hmm. Those, those the, Confederate, uh, veterans. Confederate veterans as well, yeah, I guess. But, and uh, pointing out that the Arkansas Poll is, has repeatedly showed that that Arkansans are pretty split on abortion, and uh, a, a majority think that it, it should be illegal and, or legal in certain circumstances. And Kim Hammer, the sponsor of it, snarled well that 236,000 babies, which is, I guess, is his estimate of how many have been aborted babies, in quotes, uh, didn't get to vote in that poll. So...
1: Uh, so since if if you're sub, uh, sending us submissions for the Arkansas Torquette remix, um, we'd also be interested in knowing what your ideas might be on what that monument should look like.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, odds, odds are it's going to be a sad-looking pregnant woman. But, I mean, it'd kind of be cool if it was an embryo. Yeah, I don't know. Be really abstract.
1: Or 2,600... 600- 84 or however many embryos you just said you didn't get to vote on it.
0: <laughs> was there anything else that happened at the ledge? I mean, there's tons that happened, but well,
1: okay, so the ledge, not good, kind of a trash week. But this afternoon was kind of exciting because um, the those young leftists at Little Rock Central High are unstoppable. Um, uh, they teamed up with their student bot, the student body. Uh, president, the student council, and the uh, NAACP chapter there and had a, a walkout to protest what they said they felt was an attack on public schools. Um, they feel like the quality of teaching that they will be able to get uh, is, is threatened by bans on CRT, um, that teachers without the teacher fair dismissal protections will be nervous to teach anything that might be, um, controversial in any way. Uh, they're concerned about socioeconomic racial segregation, um, getting worse in schools. And so they had a a huge walkout. It was really fun. I don't want to say it was cute because I don't want to say that, but it was, it was heartening to just see, you know, just to see like more than a thousand young people caring about, something like this um, was was pretty was pretty great they seem to care about the future of public education and that's kind of a big deal so uh, yeah things are kind of bleak sometimes but um, those kids are pretty great
0: Uh, the final news item not legislative uh, legislature related Sarah Sanders uh, named Kevin Crass, uh, attorney at the Friday firm and a longtime Huckabee family ally to the UA board, uh, he replaces Cliff Gibson, the the chairman, who most recently been really critical of the proposed uh, UA acquisition of the University of Phoenix through a a nonprofit in ways that are very confusing. So, uh, you know. Krauss is, is definitely a Huckabee ally though he's been kind of more more reasonable than uh, Mike Huckabee or Sarah Sanders don't don't know what he thinks or what Sanders thinks about this proposed Phoenix deal, but it will be interesting to watch All right let's move on to endorsements What do you got this week?
1: So the gray, the overcast days and the rain um, just had a a vibe to me that reminded me of a novel called The Historian that I feel like everyone should have read because it was so great and no one really read. It's like if if Dan Brown, it's like a mix between Dan Brown and like historical fiction. And then there's definitely vampires and it sounds campy, but it's not at all. It's wonderful. And this weather made me think of a scene in the novel where... Uh, they're riding on a train and they have a loaf of French bread and dark chocolate and they make like these sandwiches and um, it, I guess I kind of want to be on a train eating dark chocolate sandwiches, but highly recommend the historian, historian Elizabeth Kostova or Costava. It's great. Read it.
0: Uh, I'm very excited today because all of the seminal hip hop group De La Soul's albums are now available on streaming services. They uh, were pretty big in the late '80s and early '90s, and weren't picked up by all the streaming services when those became really popular. Like, I mean, pretty much all music is available in streaming services, but De La Soul's wasn't because uh, their record label was kind of shitty and was sold to another group. But, but I think the the real issue was that. De La Soul and their early producer Prince Paul sampled music really sort of kaleidoscopically all all genres and very widely, and that was part of why the the uh, albums were so great. But they couldn't they didn't. This was before uh, clearing samples became required because of some court cases, so they didn't clear the samples. So to do that in the streaming era was super time-consuming, and I think it's somewhat expensive. So it took them a really, really long time, but it's finally out there, and if you somehow missed De La Soul in the 80s or 90s, check it out. It's uh, definitely in my pantheon of hip-hop groups. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Keep your head up. We'll try to be back next week.
1: Sorry to be such a downer.